Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling, and this is Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we're listening to The Pool by H.D., the gnome de plume of Hilda Doolittle, a poet, translator, and leader of the Imagist movement in poetry in the 1900s. The poem is rather short, only five lines, so I'll read it twice to help all the images sink in. The Pool by H.D. Are you alive? I touch you. You quiver like a sea fish. I cover you with my net. What are you, banded one? The Pool by H.D. Are you alive? I touch you. You quiver like a sea fish. I cover you with my net. What are you, banded one? Some thoughts on imagism. This poem is an example of imagism, which favored simple, and concise language, without consistent rhyme or meter, and with a lens on objects rather than ideas. Many see H.D. as the founder of imagism, and other practitioners of this style include Ezra Pound and William Carlos Williams. This form was a dramatic contrast to traditional poetry that relied on structure and embellishment. By paring down poems to the most essential words, imagism heightens the importance of the many connotations of the words that remain, which, when well done, leads to a multiplicity of meanings. In this way, a seemingly short poem can open a wealth of interpretations. The imagist poem may well be worth a thousand words or more. These features open the pool to medical interpretations, even when it's superficially about what the narrator finds in a pool. At its core, the poem is about an encounter with the unknown, which is a common occurrence in healthcare. Similarly, the values of imagism resonate with modern healthcare, which also emphasizes efficiency and objectivity. With this in mind, Reflecting on the narrator's approach to the poetic you presents an intriguing lens to view the patient-clinician relationship. Some thoughts on setting. The title is the only direct mention of the location. The reference to a sea fish and the presence of a net suggest that this is an oceanside pool. However, the you of the poem is like a sea fish, so it is not definitively a saltwater pool. If it is a pool at the sea, it is likely one formed by the receding tide only to return to the ocean at high tide. This lack of specificity contrasts with the use of the definitive article, the, not a pool. Similarly, if interpreting the you of the poem as the narrator's reflection, any pool on the beach could have presented this image. 
The titular importance of this pool in particular is the fact that the encounter occurred there rather than any number of similar pools. This is similar to clinic and hospital rooms. Generally, the rooms are nearly identical within a building, and even across clinics and hospitals, they are more alike than not. They are also places of transient encounters where people find themselves when ill, usually to be returned to the kingdom of well when health returns. However, what occurs in these rooms can be fixed into people's lives, receiving a cancer diagnosis, hearing the heartbeat for the first time, having nightmares from ICU delirium, waking up with something missing, deciding to stop driving. They are generic places where fleeting moments can carry disproportionate significance. The allusion to the sea adds both literal and figurative depth to the pool. From an evolutionary and embryonic perspective, the ocean is a primal force, which this small body of water contains and tames. In the pool, the restless waves are still, however briefly, and animals of the deep are brought up to the shore. Similarly, illness and injury is a core human experience, and people have turned to others for solace from the sea of troubles for over millennia. I love thinking of the clinic or hospital room as a seaside pool. Patients are washed in, and while we never sound the full depths of their experience, we have a unique opportunity to examine their normally hidden and fleeing selves. In witnessing their suffering, we also receive a window into the depths of the human condition, our fallibility, decay, and mortality. This episode is brought to you by FISH, recommended by the American Heart Association and part of the Mediterranean diet, Big Fish in Big Ponds endorse pescatarianism. But you may say, what about just taking fish oil capsules? Well, they're hard to swallow, literally, and lacking clear benefits, they're a figurative pill as well. So get your omega-3s straight from the source, your taste buds, and your heart will thank you. There's nothing fishy about the benefits of fish. Some thoughts on the encounter. It's fascinating to explore some of the many medical interpretations of this poem. While many of these interpretations could not have been envisioned by H.D., the magic of her language not only permits such disparate comparisons, but yields insight to them because of how well she captures the encounter with the unknown, which is a core experience that links them. The most common interpretation of the poem, as the narrator looking at the reflection, is an easy entry into psychotherapy. The narrator sees their reflection, and when they touch the surface, the ripples cause the image to, quote, quiver like a sea fish. The rest of the poem attempts to identify and contain the you, which can be seen as the inner self or subconscious. One of the key features of cognitive behavioral therapy is to identify emotions or negative self-talk or unhealthy coping mechanisms 
as a first step to taming sources of psychiatric distress. Interestingly, years after writing this poem, H.D. underwent psychoanalysis with Sigmund Freud. Through another lens, the narrator can be pregnant. H.D. was pregnant with her first child when the poem was first published, and a few months later, the infant was stillborn. The amniotic fluid echoes the ocean, and the early stages of fetal development are quite reminiscent of a sea fish. Additionally, the infant is indeed banded by the umbilical cord. With this reading, the opening line, Are you alive? invokes both an existential question about whether the fetus is alive and a dread panic about the condition of an unborn child. Alternatively, this can be the story of a person who undergoes resuscitation from cardiac arrest. The patient is unresponsive to the verbal stimuli, so the narrator turns to physical stimuli. While this touch results in movement, the quivering of a sea fish, particularly one out of its element, seems more in line with a person receiving CPR. Having achieved ROSC, the patient gets covered in the net of ECG wires, IV lines, cooling equipment, etc. Hopefully, in this case, the ICU equipment ends up being a safety net rather than a confining web. In this context, the final question, what are you, rather than who are you, conveys the depersonalization that often occurs when patients are intubated and sedated. It also implies the identity of the patient is unknown and the healthcare team is left searching. The you of the poem can also be the coronavirus. Like with the pregnancy interpretation, the opening question takes on philosophical implications, given the debate over whether or not viruses are alive. They cannot replicate or produce energy independently, which some argue is required for life, but they nonetheless replicate and evolve, which other posit as the criteria for life. Along these lines, the evolution of viruses in response to treatments, like with the COVID variants, can be seen as the quivering in response to the touch of antivirals. Similarly, quarantine is like a net trying to trap the virus. Finally, named after a crown, coronavirus, in a literal sense, is a banded one. Some thoughts on the paradox of knowing. Just as in the clinical encounter, in this poem, the narrator tries to understand the you. The poem begins with questions, then an examining touch, and finally using the tool of the net to capture the figure. This parallels the process of history, physical, and then labs and imaging for developing assessments in healthcare. However, in the poem, the attempts to learn more information seem to counteract themselves. For example, the touch causes the water to ripple, distorting the image, and the net is a cover implying concealment rather than discovery. Many of the actions in healthcare have a similar effect, red herrings in the history that distract from the true etiology, anchoring bias that attaches to previous diagnoses 
rather than identifying newer sources of illness. Reliance on exam techniques with poor sensitivity and specificity. False positives or negative results which are inherent to even the most accurate tests. There's also the more general sense of meeting someone in in the healthcare setting that tends to pathologize and medicalize people's histories. I wonder how often I have speculated on diagnoses and prescribed therapies when all my patient really wanted was reassurance or to be a dutiful patient reporting symptoms, which I inaccurately labeled as problems to be solved. The last question of the poem is particularly intriguing. What are you, banded one? While the question suggests that the narrator has not uncovered any information about the identity of the subject, the poem ends with the description, or maybe even name, banded one. Curiously, the identifying characteristic of banding has come from the narrator. Banded can be seen as the physical constraint of the net or as a linking connection formed by the narrator's interest. In either case, rather than being neutral examinations, the attempts of understanding themselves have ended up defining, at least in part, the subject of their investigation. This calls to mind how research participants alter their behavior because they are being watched, which is known as the Hawthorne effect, or how when people enter the clinic room or hospital bed, they become patients, and all the tests enforce this role. In search of self-knowledge, they will submit themselves to levels of intimacy and violence that otherwise would be considered assault. In this role, they are similarly both constrained and connected. And healthcare practitioners are likewise left at the end of the clinical encounter wondering about these banded ones. The Pool by H.D. Are you alive? I touch you. You quiver like a sea fish. I cover you with my net. What are you, banded one? The Pool by H.D. was published in 1915 and is now part of public domain. You can find show notes for this episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com and you can send comments, suggestions, and questions to the Twitter handle at anauscultation or to the email anauscultation at gmail.com. Auscultation is produced and recorded on the ancestral home of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. If you enjoyed this episode, Please rate, follow, or share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions.